Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your ability in our lives. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your lifting. We thank you for your establishment in our lives, for the impartation of your gifts. We thank you for the Holy Ghost. We thank you because we can't do anything without you. We thank you because of your love, your forgiveness, your mercy. We bless your holy name. As our hands are held together, Father, we come in one accord. We recognize your unending love towards each and every one of us. We humble ourselves today and we thank you. We thank you for your presence here. We thank you because you are our number one. You are our first love. There is nothing we can do without you. And today we appreciate you, Jesus. We appreciate you for your death on the cross. We appreciate you for your blood that washes away all our sins. We thank you for your mercies that are new every morning. We thank you for the strength. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for everything that we have been, we will be, will ever become. It's by your grace. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be to your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Let the church say a better amen. I just want to drop off something with you. I believe will help you. Uh, every time I stand here is an opportunity to share with you what God is saying expressly to you. I want you to understand that God has a principle for you to actually live a stress-free life. God did not bring you here on earth to suffer. God has a plan for you. Is I know the plans or the thoughts that I think towards you, a plan of good or a thought of good and not of evil to bring you to an expected end. One important catalyst God uses to bless us in life is this catalyst called grace. I want us to take a visit to this concept of grace. I know many of us, we have heard grace about the grace of God so many times. But I believe tonight or today that we need to actually go a bit deeper into the concept of grace and how to walk in grace. First of all, I need you to understand it is very possible to have the grace of God on your life and not walk in it. It is very possible to have grace increased in your life and still not see your life respond to that grace. This is very important. And I want you to pay attention to the message God has in store for you. The first question each and every one of us here will ask is this. Do I have the grace of God? Or do I have to depend on somebody for the grace of God? 
The question is this. Do you really believe that God sent you here on earth without grace? Do you really believe that God has got special people that he gave all his grace and then you have to depend on them? We have to understand the grounds God gives special grace to some people. And also we need to understand that God has given to each and every one of us here his grace. And you may ask me why, why the grace of God? Why do I need to walk in the grace? You see, when a man has the grace of God and is walking in that grace, things happen in his life. Good things happen easily. The grace of God is like an oil in an engine that helps the engine to run more effectively. Grace guarantees no stress in life. Yes, you may have challenges, but grace is the guarantee for victory. Grace is the guarantee that you will not end a failure. Grace is the guarantee that God is with you. But we need to understand this, that grace is for everyone. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 7 made that very clear. If you go to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 7, it said, to everyone God has given grace. Ephesians 4 verse 7, to everyone God has given grace according to the gift of God. He said, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Look at somebody say, you have the grace of God upon your life. There is nobody here that God has not given a grace. He said, this grace has been given to everyone according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So there is nobody here that does not have the grace of God upon their lives. So it is settled that everyone here has got grace. The question is, are you walking in the grace that you have? This is an important question today. If you are not walking in that grace, how do I walk in that grace? This is another important question. So now you know that you have the grace of God. And of course, many people will ask, why do I need grace? Primarily, grace is your helper. Grace is given to you to help you. I love how Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16 said it. It said, come boldly to the throne of grace that ye may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. That means primarily grace is given to you by God to help you. You see, the level of divine help you experience per time is dependent on the grace of God you are cooperating with. The level of divine grace you attract is dependent on the level of grace you are walking in or you are cooperating with. This is how important the grace of God is. And that's why the Bible made a strong statement that we should come therefore boldly to the throne of grace 
It's your job to come boldly to the throne of grace. To the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. How many of you have got needs here? You have something you want God to do for you. What do you need? Grace. That means every time God sees a need, God releases his grace. You need to understand this. You have a financial need, there is a grace that answers to it. You have a health issues that you need healing, there is a grace that answers to it. Your family is going through some challenges and you need divine intervention, there is a grace that answers to it. So grace is given to help us in the time of need. But if you notice here, the Bible said, so that ye may find grace to help. That means you have the responsibility to find grace. Grace is already made available. But you need to find grace. God has given each and every one of us here grace. But we need to find that grace. We need to discover that grace. And walk in that grace. I'm going to show you how you can do that. Please look at somebody and say, do you know the grace of God upon your life? Please, I want you to answer that question. If you do, tell the person, this is the grace upon my life. If you don't, just tell the person, I don't know. Amen? Do you know something? People just use the word grace. But do you know that grace operates in different dimensions? There is grace for this. There is grace for this. There is grace for this. You see, many times you hear the word, the Minshak anointing. The Minshak anointing is actually the grace for multiplication. If you look at each and every one, maybe you have many friends. You will notice there are certain graces that work on each and every one of them. If you've been humble enough to observe. For example, you are in school. And you have friends. You notice that you have this friend that only will read in the morning to the exams. They will just read one hour to the exams and they still come out with the A. And then you need at least three all nights <laughs> to hit a D. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody. I, I'm not talking to somebody right now. I, but many of you know what I'm talking about. You have that friend, they don't have to read more than two hours. Even some of you have that kind of friend that doesn't even have to read. Just being in the class is enough to understand everything and to write properly. But you need some kind of, you know, stress and all night to be able to at least achieve a B. Is grace. And I want you to understand something. Grace is not just something we only enjoy as believers. Unbelievers also enjoy grace. It's just the fact that people are alive today means the grace of God is with them. We need to understand that. But for us as believers, there are specialties of grace. Special grace given to us to operate at a higher frequency than the rest of the people. So here the Bible made it very clear that we can find grace to help in the time of need. That means the first help you must consult when you have a challenge is grace. 
when you understand how grace functions, you will notice that everything that God does in the life of a person, he follows after his own grace in the life of that person. The Bible says something. That's why when you look at the scriptures, you will see many types of grace. The Bible said, and, and the apostles, great grace was upon the apostles and they did great miracles. And then you see exceeding grace. You see all sufficient grace. There are different types of graces that you find in these scriptures. So we have grace, but we have different dimensions of grace. And each and every one of us here has been given a special grace to operate on. And this is very important. How can I increase, improve on the grace of God upon my life? There are two things I want to share with you. Let me tell you the truth. Graces are not always equal. There are some people that are ahead in the school of grace. I gave an example at CRU this morning. I said to them, imagine a family praying about something for years. Prayer is being made, fasting is being put in place, but no, nothing changed about the situation. Until at some point, the family invited probably a man of God or somebody who is anointed. And the person just comes after eating, stands and says, it is well with this family. Just it is well with this family. And then suddenly every issue in that family vanishes. Just because somebody said it is well. If you look, it is not about prayer. If it's about prayer, the family has been praying. If it's about fasting, the family has been fasting. That means there is something that must be added to your prayer to make it effective. There's, there is something that must be added to your fasting that makes it effective. There is something that must, add, must be added to your declarations to make it powerful. That catalyst is called the grace of God. It is the grace of God that sets one apart from the other. It is the grace of God that makes one the head and not the tail. It is grace of God that sets someone ahead of the others. We need to appreciate the grace of God. And the Bible says to everyone has been given that grace. But you see, if you have been given the grace of God, it's like a seed that we must grow. How can I increase the grace of God? Now, the shocking thing about grace is that many times the grace God gives to us is not even for us, it's for others. That's why many men of God can give you this testimony that many times they see God use them to solve problems in other people's lives that they are struggling to solve in their own lives. Imagine a man of God struggling financially, but when he says to other people, you, you, are, you are blessed, they are being blessed. And then I met a man of God that said to me, every time I tell people you are blessed financially, they are blessed. But in my own life, I've been telling myself, you are blessed, you are blessed, you are blessed. It's like I'm wasting my time. And I said to him, there are special graces given to you, not just for you, but for others. How do I know this? If you go to Ephesians chapter 3 verse 2, as I begin to round up, if you go to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 2, I want, you, I want you to see this because Paul wrote this clearly. He said, if you have heard of the dispensation of grace of God which is given unto me towards you. You know, KJV has a way they speak English. Alright? So, he said, how, no, go back, go back. 
He said, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me towards you. That means Paul recognized here that it's a dispensation of grace. A, he, he was a kind of a custodian of the message of grace. Given to him towards the church. That means God can put something on your life that is not really for you, but for somebody else. How does that work? It means that there, you must be very observant in life. There is something somebody has got that you need. And there is a grace you have that somebody needs. You have to be very observant. I don't know if I've ever shared that, uh, that uh, story here. I remember when I was, a, uh, was still a pastor in NCIC here like 9, 10, 11 years ago. I remember this particular sister that will come to teach the word. He wasn't a pastor in the church, but he's just somebody we recognize the gift of teaching on in, his, in her life. And every time she will stand to teach, you can see how people just pay attention to her teaching. You can even feel the anointing. Many times when she's preaching like this, you can even see some people weeping, especially when she's preaching about sin and how people need to live holy. You can see people being convicted just by her teaching. And I notice that every time I stand to teach, nobody they cry. You know, nobody cries when I, when I teach. Nobody is, you know, the people don't pay attention the way they pay attention to her when she, she, she teaches. And then I remember those days that I would go home and I would pray and fast and say, Father, this grace of teaching you have given to her, give it to me. Many times I've been to St. Hilarion then to pray over this nation and claim the gift of teaching. But I notice as the more I claim it, the more the difference is clear. She will teach people who will be, you know, change. I will teach. Nothing happens. No lives change. You know, people will come to me and say, Pastor, have you heard Sister Felicia's teaching? Ah, that teaching. And then after teaching, I will wait for people to say, Ah, Pastor, you taught us. Nobody says anything to me. <laughs> and I will claim by prayer, by fasting this gift. I say, hey, I received the same gift. And I remember one night, after praying and fasting, I saw myself in a dream. And Sister Felicia was preaching again. And then in that dream, something just told me, stand up, go to her. And, and then I went to her. And you know, the thing pushed me, I went to her. And then he said, kneel down before her, let her pray for you. And release the grace for teaching. And I knelt down in that dream, or in a vision. And she laid hands on me and said, I release the grace to teach on your life. And I woke up. And then as I woke up, I heard the voice, this you must do. I say, me? <laughs> Pastor, go and kneel before a sister, a member for the gift of teaching, for the grace for teaching. But I noticed that the more I prayed, the more I heard the voice, this you must do. So one day, I haven't gotten frustrated, spiritually frustrated. After service, she thought and I went to her. I said, please, I want to see you privately because I didn't want to do it. And we fixed a time to meet somewhere. And when she came, I said, look, what I'm about to do is strange. 
But please, there is something you have that I need. He said, what is that? I said, this gift of teaching upon your life. He said, no, now, sir, you are, you are the pastor. You cannot ask me. You have it too. I've been receiving from you. He said, you are the reason why I teach like this. I told that forget that thing. <laughs> Just forget, forget all this humility now. I need you to lay hands on me. This thing you have, I need it. You see, that thing that makes people cry, that thing that makes people pay attention when, when you are preaching, that is something I need. That thing that makes people say, I, that guy teaches. That is something I need. I didn't have it. I was a preacher then. Those that know me then. I will preach. I was just in anointing demonstration of power. I couldn't teach. And then he said, okay. I said, I'm going to kneel down. He said, no, sir. I said, leave this. Many of you don't understand the power of humility. That's why Jesus said something. He said, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. There are special graces God will put in people that, will necessarily, that normally you will not submit to so that he will teach you how to humble yourself. So I humbled myself. I, you know, I knelt down before her. She laid down and said, says, you know, she was a bit, she said, Lord, this grace pastor is looking for, please release it to her, to him. And then I, I said, amen. And I received it. By faith, I knew I received something because I felt something. So I stood up and I said, thank you, sister. And immediately I shook her and said, thank you, sister. The spirit of God came upon her and she fell. And then she started prophesying. Oh, today you have received the gift. Oh, today this. I see that in future you are going to preach. You are going to not just preach. You are going to teach. The anointing for the prophet came upon her. And when she finished, she stood up, looked at me and said, Sir, I've been praying that God will give me the anointing of the prophetic. So immediately I humbled myself. There was an exchange of giftings. If there was no humility introduced would have been praying to receive gift and never receive it. There are things you can never receive from God directly. God put it in someone that you have access to. There are some graces. Please hear me. God does not call you, bring you to a nation without keeping a man that has something you need. God does not anoint you Approve your movement without putting people around you that are something that will help you in your time of need. Please hear me well. Pride is killing the church. When people don't accept that there's something about somebody that is better than what they carry. Pay attention to this. Have you read about Jesus, his encounter with John the Baptist? Before John the Baptist, before Jesus showed up, John the Baptist knew and announced. I said, hey, the one that is coming is greater than I am. I'm not even worthy to unloosing his sandals. 
When Jesus showed up, John the Baptist said, ah, baptize me. John the Baptist said, no, 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 no. It should be the other way. The greater should baptize the lesser. But Jesus said, let it be so for now. Humility. Let it be so for now. To fulfill all righteousness. Do you know that the father was silent on Jesus until Jesus submitted to the ministry of John the Baptist and allowed himself to be baptized? Immediately that happened, the father spoke up. This is my beloved son. God cannot lift you if you cannot humble. That's why the Bible said, if you put yourself down, God will lift you up in due time. This is scriptures. If you are too proud to recognize grace, if you are too proud to know that there is somebody that has something that you need, can I tell you the truth? Anybody that is doing it better in any aspect has a better grace than you in that area. Stop struggling. If somebody is doing better academically, they are ahead of you in the grace in that area. If somebody is richer than you, the person is ahead of you in grace in that area. If somebody is doing better in ministry, he's ahead of you in grace in that area. But many times, we desire to go up the mountain instead of to humble ourselves. That's why even Paul wrote something. He said, as according to the spirit of grace you've received, see others as better than yourself. Grace helps you to locate people that will help you. People that will release something in your life at the point of your need. So there are two ways whereby we can increase our grace. Basically, to receive. I want to merge those two ways in, in one. To receive graces from others. This is very important. There is no grace God will release that he has not released. That's why people like me are product of graces. When I need something, I locate people who has got that grace. There is no dimension of God that is not expressible through a man. If you want to walk in that dimension, locate a man that is walking in that dimension and receive appropriate grace. Now, the question is this. The little grace or the measure you have received, how can I walk in it? If that is your question, I want you to understand this. If you go to Romans chapter 5 verse 2, Romans chapter 5 verse 2, I love the scriptures. Romans chapter 5 verse 2, it said, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. So it is faith that gives us what? Access to grace. Please listen to me. No matter how small your grace is, have faith in it. No matter how little the grace you carry is or you believe that grace is, have faith in the grace you carry. How do you have faith in it? Please, I want you to follow me. He said, by whom also we have access by faith into grace. So, faith gives us access to grace. This works both ways. Your faith can give you access to the grace you carry. 
and your faith can give you access to grace somebody else carries. That's why before you can receive grace from someone, you need to have faith in the grace of the person. Because it's only your faith that gives you access to the grace somebody else carries. So, it doesn't make sense hovering around people of grace when you have no faith in their grace. It is grace, it is faith that gives you access. But I'm not talking about receiving grace from people, which must happen in life. But I want to say something. If faith is the access to grace, then the spirit of faith works in this way. The final place we're going to read, 2 Corinthians 4.13. 2 Corinthians 4.13. I love the scriptures. And we close with it. 2 Corinthians 4.13. It says, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. We also believe, and therefore we speak. How many of you believe that you have grace? What do you do next? Speak about it. Listen, I know it's strange. How do I speak about my grace? Speak about it. If you know you have something, talk about it. It is the spirit of faith. Anything you don't declare with your mouth, you don't walk in them. You have the spirit or you have the grace for prosperity. Tell yourself. Announce to your friends. Do you have a problem financially? I have a grace. Listen. I know many of you will say, yeah, 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 yeah. how does that work? Immediately, the father said to Jesus, said about Jesus, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The Holy Ghost led him into the wilderness to be, uh, what? to be tempted. And then he came out with the power of the Holy Ghost. The first place Jesus went was the temple. Opened the scriptures and said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He was announcing his grace. For he has anointed me. That was him announcing his grace. The Bible said when he finished, everybody put his eyes on him. Nobody will know you if you don't know your grace. You see, you don't play hide and seek. Tell your friend, there's a special grace of healing upon my life. Any days that sickness come, consult me. And while you are saying it, watch their faces. That's how to know your good friends. All right? You see, it is very easy when you are bold. You see, a bold spirit speaks. This is something people don't understand. And that's why when people are too timid or they are intimidated by your personality, they think you are proud. Because there's a thin line between confidence and pride. Watch this. The spirit of faith says, as we believe, so we speak. That's how the spirit of faith. If you believe you have a grace, you have to speak. This is how to walk in your grace. Your grace must be expressed. Either when you talk to yourself, I always do say this. There is no morning I wake up, maybe dressing up for work. I look at myself in the mirror. I say, bro, 
you are too graced. I announce it. You are too graced. Now, this is the generation we are working in. Imagine if you go online right now and you type and said, I have a special grace. I can do what nobody else can do. Most people will interpret it as you are proud. But let me ask you a question. If I tell you that I have a PhD, it's, it's a statement of fact. Those who don't have will see it as pride. But those who have PhD, so the only people that look down on you when you declare who you are are those who, are, who don't have what you have. That's those who have problem with it. I met the richest man in Nigeria. Did you hear what I said? And I sat with him and I asked him. I said, why is it that rich people don't flow with the poor people? He said, because it's simple. We need to sit with fellow rich people because of what we discuss. When we discuss certain things in front of a poor man, they will think we are intimidating them. And it's true. Imagine you sit with rich people and they are saying to you and they are discussing, ah, that business is worth two billion naira. When am I going to sign a check for it? And you're a poor man who doesn't have hundred naira. You would think they are intimidating you. I don't know if I'm talking about that. You would think, ah, ah, why are they Even you, you have friends that their fathers are politicians. And they say, ah, my dad is traveling to New York today. He said, I beg you to, to talk. <laughs> you are just intimidated by their reality. Listen, it is time to stand bold to declare the grace you carry. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. You have to say the same thing. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. When you have a grace, speak about it. I don't say, I didn't say boast. Declare it. Because many people do write me, how can I walk in the grace of God? I say, first recognize you have a grace. Sit down, recognize your grace, recognize your grace, and speak about it. How do you know that somebody has a grace you don't need? Watch the results they produce in that area. It is the result that speaks of the presence of grace. I want to announce to everyone here, if you are lacking any kind of grace, look around you. There is somebody that has what you need. Go to the person, humble yourself, and receive that grace. That's why I keep telling to the church, this to the church, you can't be under certain anointing and not be impacted by that anointing. It's because you don't have faith to have access to that grace. There is no faith. It is not about worshiping men. It's about honoring 
with the reverence, the grace of God. Now, the prayer we're going to pray this afternoon is this. Father, open my eyes to see men you have set before me who can help me to grow in my grace. But before that, I want you to stand on your feet. Please stand on your feet. By the spirit of faith, we believe and we speak. And the Bible said to everyone, he has given grace according to the measure of the gift of God. I want you to open your mouth and thank God for the grace he has given to you. You have to acknowledge it today. There are some of you here, your grace is dormant because you have never acknowledged you have one. Please, I want you to open your mouth and thank God for the grace that you have. There is a grace that will multiply you. There is a grace that will cause you to dominate. There is a grace that will bring you into the place of success. Please acknowledge this afternoon that you have a grace in your life. Open your mouth and pray that prayer. Say, Lord, I acknowledge that you have given to me according to the measure of the gift a grace. There's a grace you want me to enjoy. There is a grace that you have anointed me with. Open your mouth and pray that prayer. Thank him for that grace. And open, open your mouth and say, Father, may I be conscious of people of graces that you are bringing into my life. People that you have anointed with a grace that I need.